Okay, excuse me, everyone. Um, hi, um, I'm Morgan. Um, uh, we're going to pray and get um, my mom, Stephanie Gill, the lesson started. So um, if everybody would just want to pray. That's good. Okay. Um, dear God, um, I just want to thank you for letting us get together for the ladies' retreat. And um, I want to thank you for this um, opportunity to do this. And um, I pray that everybody here um, listens to my mom's lesson with open hearts and you know, not only this lesson, but the rest of the lessons. And I pray that um, people really take this to heart and, um, you know, yeah, amen. <laughs> thanks, Morgan. Thank you. Um, thanks, Morgan. She's my baby, my only daughter. So anyway, um, welcome to Taking Root. I'm so excited about the activities that we have going on in the class. We're going to spend 20 minutes on activities. For the college students, I'm sure you're like, oh, no, not another group activity. When I was in college and then went to workforce, we had a group activity like almost every conference. I'm like, not a group activity. I don't want to do a group activity. But anyway, so welcome to the class. And uh, the name of the class is uh, called Taking Root. And uh, it's talking about deepening my devotional life. So um, I was on the internet, I'm like, taking root, I don't know much about plants, I don't know much about roots, and then Gina gets up and she speaks and she does like my whole lesson last night, so we can just go, we don't even have to, we can just get into the activities, um, but I was like, wow, I kind of wish I, I had that knowledge, so I typed in the word taking root, and uh, one of the definitions for a plant, it says uh, to develop roots in soil or some other growing medium. Um, another definition that was that had nothing to do with plants said that it is um, something that uh, starts to be accepted or it's something that has been established. And then another definition said um, it's the belief um, that your roots will grow. It's something that um, you are going to be moving forward and expanding in. So I was like, wow, that's interesting. So when someone, when you take root, the expectation is expansion. The expectation is growth. And so we're talking about deepening your devotional life. So it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual life. If you've been a Christian for 50 years, this is a key aspect to your spiritual life. Um, developing your devotional life is the most important aspect of your with your walk with God. So I want to say this again. This class, it is the most important aspect of your relationship with God. Because if you don't have a deep devotional life, um, you can't reap some of the benefits from that. And so we're going to talk about what a devotional life should look like and what are some of the benefits. Okay, so we're going to be in Psalms 119 a lot. We're going to kind of go in different places. But in Psalms 119... Verse 165, it says, Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. And Romans 10:17 says that faith comes from hearing the word of God. So, you know, I was studying this lesson, and I read Psalms 119 at least 10 times over the last, like, three weeks. I've read it 10 times. It is the longest chapter in the Bible, and there's some really good stuff. So in 165, it says that 
those who love your law, anytime it says love your law, your precepts, it's talking about God's word. It says those who love your law, um, nothing can make them stumble. And then it talks about if you want to have faith, where do you even get your faith from? It's from the word of God. So that's, that's about having a, a, a deep devotional life. Um, the Bible has been compared to um, just through the religious world, through, through the world, um, non-religious people. This is how they have described the Bible. So we're like, the Bible, you know, growing up, I'm like, the Bible is just a religious book. It's not very important. You don't touch it. You don't open it. You don't write in it. You don't do anything with it. But let me tell you, it is the most powerful, most powerful source for life change. There are lots of people in the world that are not Christian that use Bible principles. Like you think about like AA groups, guess what they use? They use Bible principles. They're, you know, they're very accepting. AA groups are like, we accept anyone, we're going to care for anyone. You think they came up with those principles by themselves? No, it's from the Bible. So all the good things that different people do, whether they're religious or not, really come from aspects of the Bible. And, and, you know, whether they're like, I, I love God or I want to serve God or not, they get their stuff from the Bible. And so the Bible has been described as a perfect guide. It has been described as something that can save you. It's the source of spiritual growth. It's been called uh, the light. It gives you light. Um, the Bible gives you comfort. Uh, the Bible is also referred to as a weapon. And we're going to look at a scripture that... Um, later that says that and you know when you're talking about a weapon do you want to be protected i mean have you ever felt unprotected i felt unprotected in my life before i'm like who's gonna protect me who's gonna take care of me and some of you are fortunate to have like an environment where you're protected or you know you're taken care of you know have you ever been like a side of town a place in town you're like oh i think i'm in the wrong place of town i don't feel very like protected you know and i'm like in an interracial uh relationship with my husband the ginger i love red hair he's a he's a white country boy with red hair and i love him but let me tell you when we go on vacation i'm always like oh where are they accepting black people because i want to feel protected right and so i say that and just saying that the bible is like a weapon and so I never, ever have to feel unprotected spiritually, ever, because this is a weapon, okay? Also, you know, having a deep devotional life, taking root and, and making sure this is so important, like this is like number one, is that the creator of the world, what are some things that you like in this world? Like, is it a piece of land? Like, I went to Jamaica two years ago, and it was so beautiful. Like I kept taking pictures of the same beach because it was like I couldn't capture it. It was so gorgeous. So you look at stuff like that, you're like, who made the beautiful ocean? Who made the beautiful trees, the flowers? And we're like, God made that? And so it's a powerful book because actually when we develop a devotional life, a deep devotional, we have the opportunity for the creator to talk to us. So you're like, wow, you mean... God who really made everything, made human beings, you know, made everything. And he gets to talk to me. Not only gets to talk to me, but he wants to. And how does he communicate? Mostly through his word. And I like that. Okay? So it's really important um, that we develop this devotional life. Um, the other thing is that um, 
I'm so sorry, let me find my slot. You know, God also knows that we will benefit from having this deep devotional life. Like I said earlier, we get our faith, we develop our faith. And uh, I don't know where you are in your walk with God. If you're a baby Christian, baby Christians are usually hungry, so they're like reading all the time. And these are just some some of the things I've experienced with other people and myself. Some people who are 12 months old, they're still a little hungry, um, but they let good things get in their way, so they're not spending good time with God. They may be like going to cross-chat and going to church on Sunday, but you know, they get in the Word probably like a couple of times during the week, but it's just not like this, like it's my food, it's everything. Uh, people who are 5 to 10 years old or maybe older, they may be struggling like what, what their purpose is and quiet times are really boring. Sometimes like when we do the daily Bible, I'm like Leviticus is horrible. Like the book, the numbers book in the Bible, I'm like, I'm getting nothing out of this. And so, you know, I may not like read it every day. So sometimes I get discontent with my time with God. And so I just want to like define what a deep devotional life is. And what it is, is reading your Bible and praying. So I just want to make sure, I don't want to assume that everybody knows that. It is reading your Bible and praying. Okay? And um, people that are older in the faith, sometimes they quit reading the Bible and they start reading, like, other Christian books. And there's a lot of good Christian writers. uh, But sometimes we rely on what the Christian writer has to say. And we like their stuff more than the Bible. And God knows that we will benefit from his word. Sometimes we don't even read like Christian books. Sometimes we read like self-help books. I don't really need God's word. I can read some help, self-help books. They have a lot of good stuff in the books. And we set aside like the Bible. And it's okay to have that stuff. But the main thing is that we need to be in our Bible. And we cover this every Sunday. And uh, so we're always talking about this. And it's okay because we need to be reminded and God's okay with that. Um, one of the things is that God does command that we have a deep devotional life. So, we, you know, God's like, I want you to do this. In James 1.21, you, you know, in the beginning in verse 19, he's like, be quick to listen, slow to speak. But in verse 20, 21, he says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So... You know, God says, humbly accept the word of God. And that's what I want to point out right now. So he is saying, you need to do it. It's something that I want you to do. And James uh, 4, in verse 8, the first part of verse 8, he says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And you come near to God by reading and praying. So again, it's just another command. Psalms 119, 1 through 4 even if you can't switch, you know, turn there now, you can read this stuff later. Psalms 119, 1 through 4 says, Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statues and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. Uh, but verse 4, it says, You have laid down precepts, that's the Bible, that are to be fully obeyed. Okay, so I just wanted to get that part out of the way. We know we can get close to God. It will save us. But he does command us to read the Bible. So we're like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible because God tells me so. It's like a parent. I'm going to clean my room because my mom told me to clean my room. It's not really because I want to. And sometimes I can take my my quiet time life, my devotional life like that too. I'm just going to do it because 
God tells me. But let me give you some benefits really quick of why it's important to take root in this. The first benefit from having a deep devotional life is that God's word provides spiritual food for your life. It means that you will be saved. God's word can save you. There's, there's nothing else that can save you spiritually. God's word can save you. It is so important to take this seriously. Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You guys know when you're hungry, right? As a teenager, I had like this eating disorder, so I like played around with anorexia, I played around with bulimia. So we all know what it's like to be hungry. I don't know any girl that's over age 10 that hasn't tried to diet. So you know when you're hungry, your stomach's growling, you're tired, you're fatigued, and all that stuff. But God's word spiritually can save you. It will feed you. So you won't feel like, you know, in your spiritual walk, you know, I just feel a little empty and purposeless. What am I even, like, really here for? And I know, like, women in the church struggle with, what is the will of God for me? I'm just feeling empty. But I'm telling you. When you let this be your spiritual food, you won't be asking what your purpose is. It'll be obvious. You'll know what your purpose is. Okay? You won't be feeling having this spiritual hunger. You won't have this spiritual fatigue. Where do I get my strength from? When you have a deep devotional life, God's word will give you strength. So that's one benefit. It will save you. Okay? First um, Timothy 4.16 um, it says, watch your life and doctrine closely, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and hearers. These are scriptures that most of you know. But again, I just want to point out that it will save you. Okay? God's word, the second benefit is that God's word, your devotional life, provides protection for your life. So not only will it save you spiritually, but it will protect you spiritually. Um, and I talked about like the uh, the feeling unprotected. Um, how many of you, you know, feel like, you know, man, I'm just losing battles everywhere around me, like at work. It's not going well at work. I, I blew my top. I'm not doing well in school. I'm not doing well at home in my relationships. Do you ever feel like, you know, you're just losing battles everywhere around you? Well, God's word can provide protection for that, your devotional life. Uh, let's turn to Ephesians 6.13. Ephesians 6.13. And it talks about the word of God here being a weapon. Okay. Ephesians 6.13. It's going to prepare you for spiritual battle. That's how it protects your life. It says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then it talks about and pray in the spirit on all occasions. 
So the word of God can protect you. It says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And so it's very, very powerful. So you need to remember that the other benefit is of developing a, devotion, a deep devotional life is that it, it prepares you. It helps you get ready for spiritual battle. Uh, but not only does it prepare you for that, ladies, it helps you win, Brandy. <laughs> but so it helps you win the battle. It does. So not only does it prepare you, because you're going to have trials. We already know that in James. You're going to have bad stuff happen. And I think in my spiritual life, I've been a Christian for 24 years. And I can't tell you how many spiritual battles that seem to arise. Um, but I've had like cancer like three times. And then I've had, this is my fourth time. It's like terminal. But, but even before that, I've been a victim of abuse and rape. You know, just some downright mistreatment in my life. And God, through my devotional life, has prepared me for every single battle. I mean, I'm here 24 years later. And that is not anything that I have done, but I've committed to studying the word and I've committed my life to prayer. So you can look at the Bible, you're like, you know, they have nothing. They don't know how to deal with sexual abuse. They don't know how to deal with abuse in family. They don't know how to deal with rape. If you've read the Old Testament, Oh my gosh, it is the juiciest book ever. You're like, man, it's better than that show Scandal. I mean, it's got some serious drama going on. You got, you know, Abraham who makes his wife marry somebody else and says you lie about it. And then this is how they, you know, God says don't do it this way. Let me show you how to get through this obstacle. You have people that have like molestation in their family, David's family, his own son you know, molest his daughter, and the other sons kill him. You got murder in the Bible. And so if you're like, man, the Bible's old. It can't handle my problems. It can't prepare me for spiritual battle. Let me tell you, as I mentioned before, this is the most important thing that you will ever do in your walk with God. The most important thing. It will protect you. Okay? Psalms 119, 23-28. Get through this. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. So whoever's writing Psalms 19 says, hey, people are slandering me. They're talking about me. They're making me look bad. And he says, how do I get through it? I focus on your word. They comfort me. The other third benefit is God's word provides stability to my life. Have you ever thought this world is crazy? Those people are crazy. <laughs> people are losing their minds. You watch television. You know, schools are getting shot up. People are just losing their minds. I don't like you look at the news. You're like, what is going on? People have lost it. And let me tell you, I used to be one of those people. Like, they like look at her and say, she has lost her mind. She's mad at the world. She's having fits of rage. She doesn't like anybody. She's isolated. And don't you dare betray her. Because she's going to be ticked off at you, and she's going to try to get back at you. Like, I have to like her. She has lost her mind. So God's word has provided stability for me. You know, do I still struggle with insecurities, anger, all those things? Yes, but I'm not as insecure. I'm just like this, oh, well, I wish they liked me. 
but I know that God loves me. Oh, I wish I was a size zero, but I know God loves me. I wish I had blonde hair and blue eyes, but I know God loves me. You see what I'm saying? I'm not so, I have to fit in this mode. I wish I had this much money. No, God's word has provided stability in my life. I've lived a crazy life. And you know, God's adventurous too, but I'm talking about like the bad crazy, okay? Um, let me read this to you. Um, Matthew 7, 24. So the stability scripture is, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat, his, beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, streams rose, and the winds blew the house down. So God's word gives you stability. You are going to have hard times. God does not protect us from everything. But guess what? You can stand. And then you can help other people. So those are the benefits. The last benefits of having a deep devotional is that you, God gives you wisdom. Do you want to know how to handle problems of life? Do you want the answers? God gives them to you. I'm going to read this scripture. Psalms 119, verse 97, I'm sorry, verse 98 through 100. It says, your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Do you want to outsmart people that are against you? You want, you want to know the answers? I want to know. It says, I have more insight than my teachers. I meditate on your statues. Do you want to be wiser than your leader, your mentor? God says, spend time with me. You can be wiser than your leaders, your teachers, your mentor. It says, if you have more, I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. You can be wiser than the elders of the church guys little people let me tell you i was studying different other uh religions you know the muslim religion you know when they start practicing the quran age three they can quote it they know all the laws they know when to pray how many times to pray every day they have devoted their lives to this book and yet i can't even memorize the scripture sometimes so don't let age get in your way. God's like, this will help you. You can be wise and you can know the answers. So yeah, I know the answers. I got the big head now. I got the answers, so what do I do with it? Uh, the reason why God gives you wisdom, first of all, is so that you can defeat evil by doing good. Okay. The other reason that he gives you wisdom, so you can be prepared to do his will. 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 through 17. I'm going to read this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know why you need wisdom? So you can be thoroughly equipped for good work, for God's work. So how do you start taking root, guys? This is what you need to do to, to develop a de deep devotional life. First of all, you need to choose to seek God with all your heart. We have to choose it. It's not a feeling. Sometimes you're tired and you're exhausted. It's not a feeling. But you have to choose to do it. Psalms 119, verse 1 through 2. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. 
Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. How many times have we heard seek seek him with all our heart? And so you have to choose. And then you have to pray to God uh, to help you, ask God to help you love his word. Just pray that. God, help me love getting in your word. Because it's not natural. I'm selfish. I want to watch TV. I want to catch up on my shows. I want to take a nap. I want to take a hot bath. So ask God. In Psalms 119, verse 18, here's the writer asking God. He says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful, wonderful things in your law. So he's asking God, help me to see those things. So some things that you need to do when you have a devotional life every day, you need to select a specific, a, a fixed time and a quiet place. Psalms 119, 147 says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. So fix, you know, have a set time every day, guys, in a quiet place. Some helpful tools. A Bible, of course, and I have some stuff up here. I don't, oh, I have a Bible dictionary. So like you know, those tricky scriptures where you're like, what does baptism really mean? What does it mean to really repent? When you're having trouble with those words, you can look up the word repent in here. And it has the Greek word and the definition. So it's pretty awesome. So you can get a, a Bible dictionary, have a notebook. A regular dictionary, because I'm telling you what, I'm like, what does that word mean? I need a dictionary. It's okay to have a dictionary with you if you're like, I just need to know what the word means. Uh, A Bible concordance. What a concordance is, is that it has every topic in the Bible. So like if you look up the word love, everywhere that it has love here, it has it here. and has every scripture reference to love. So you're like, you don't, you know, this is like way before the internet. The internet is not even exhaustive, but it has every scripture here related to love. Okay, so choose a topic. You can choose a word. Like if I'm struggling with fear, I'm going to study out the word fear. And then I may ask some of these questions. You know, you want to look for facts when you're reading the Bible. What are the facts in this this passage? I've just read five verses. So what are the facts? Um... What are some things that you notice? You can say, well, I noticed this. Uh, Are there any promises that God's making to you in those verses that you read? Are there any warnings that God's saying to you in those few verses? Are there any sins that God's revealing that um, I need to take notice of? And then you can ask yourself, are there any examples I need to imitate? And then you can say... What do I need to apply today? What do I need to apply from reading five verses today? So let me tell you, I talked about the benefits. I talked about how God is powerful and how he's trying to communicate with us. But I'm telling you, if you don't do these things, you're wasting your time going to church. Don't go to church for a year, five years, 10, 20, 30 years and not have a deep relationship with God. Because, first of all, you won't be saved. You won't know how to fight. You won't be able to distinguish evil. You won't have purpose. You won't have stability. This is so huge. Ask yourself, what gets in my way? My show? My time? I'm too tired? This is your life. Jesus even says, he says, I am the truth, I'm the way, and I'm the life. It is very, very important. So now I want to introduce Janet Bader. Janet's been a Christian for nine years, 
And over a year ago, Janet committed to getting into the scriptures like daily. And she is going to share her story. Let's welcome Janet, guys. Give it up. Hey, ladies. How's it going? A little on the nervous side. This is the first time I've been in front of people probably since I've been in high school. (laughs) And that's been a long time ago. Most of you guys probably know me, but my name is Janet Bader. And I have been a member of the Greater Alton Church for nine years. Um, and Stephanie has asked me to give you just an update on my travel through the Bible in this last year. First, I want to say that when I became a Christian, I came to church every Sunday. I got in a small group setting. I got in ministry. I did well with my time, my treasure, my talents, my tithing, things of that nature. But what I didn't have was much knowledge from the Bible. And I'm going to be honest with you, the knowledge that I did have was working in the children's ministry, the parables. And that's that's pretty scary, (laughs) you know. I mean, it's awesome that I learned it that way, but not to have had that deep relationship that you need to have. Um, I tried on several occasions to uh, get a quiet time going. I bought devotional books. I had pamphlets. I would pick up the Bible, I would read a chapter or two, and then I'd set it down, and I really wouldn't get a whole lot out of it. You know, I'm like, that's, I I don't understand it, I guess is what I was saying to myself. And then it was like, about this time last year, actually, and maybe in December when we went into the disciple mode, um, we had a disciple group meeting, and one of the ladies in our disciple group came in, and she says, hey, I got a gift for everybody. It's a little daily planner. And in this daily planner, it has one or two verses or one or two chapters a day that you'd read. And she's challenged all of us in our group to read the Bible through in one year's time. I was like, you know, I'm going to do this. I've been trying to get a quiet time going. And I know you guys are going to find this hard to believe, but my friend Stephanie told me that if you didn't have scripture involved in your quiet time, but it really wasn't a quiet time. <laughs> but anyway, um, we would get together, I mean, we get together weekly, every other week, what have you, and discuss, you know, whatever it is that we're working on, the books that we go through in a church setting and what have you. But daily, we read these verses, we text what we got out of it, and so it gives you a different perspective. You may have picked something out of it that you got out of it, but... Somebody else bounces something off, and you're going, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I know that I have learned so much, but that I have missed a lot. You know, I'm going to have to read through this again. And I, I'm happy to say that I probably missed three days of reading. And um, I try to do it in the morning most of the time, because i got to tell you, you get it in the morning, and it gives you step about the rest of the day. It really does. Uh, my prayer life has always been good, but um, my reading hasn't been so. But, but getting in it in the morning is best, but every now and again I find that right before I go to bed I grab it, I read it, and, and I take it with me at night. Um, again, 
that I know that I'm going to have to do it again. You know, as Proverbs 27, 17, as an iron sharpens an iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You don't have to do it by yourself, guys. Pick a friend. Pick a family member. Pick somebody to go through it with you because it does make it easier. And they're holding you accountable at the same time. You know, somebody texts you in the morning and said, hey, what did you get out of that? You're, oh, my, you know, haven't had my quiet time yet. I better get my Bible out, you know, <laughs> jump in there and get with it. Um, I can tell you that one of the things that I have to mention is that by reading the Bible, I have gone through, I realize now that all the hurts that I have ever gone through, I now look at in a different light. For the Bible tells me that I've never gone through them alone. And you feel so alone when you go through those things. What, no matter what it is, you feel so alone. But the Bible tells you that people before you have gone through these things and that you're not alone. Um, it is, you know, the Bible was full of tragedy, disappointment, um, which comes by not following God's commands. And I don't have to worry about it anymore because I know that Jesus took it all away when he died upon the cross. He did that for each and every one of us. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Psalms. And you know, here we go again. I never knew that the songs that we actually sing in church, when you read the books of Psalms, you will find that they are the words to so many of these Bible verses. I mean, I knew when I came into church and, and the music was just amazing at Greater Alton that, you know, I would walk out of there sometimes with tears just running down my face and they'd be going, what's the matter? I'd just be going, you know, nothing, nothing. It's the music that was just chiseling through my heart. And I was like, how is this doing this? Because it's the scriptures, you know. It, it's, it's amazing, you know. You think, duh, you know. But it, it was really something that... Um, Touched my heart. If you want a book of the Bible that, punch, that packs a punch, try the book of James. It tells of faith, endurance, listening, doing, face without deeds, controlling the tongue, there's one, drawing close to God, judging others, power of prayer, restoring brothers and sisters that have strayed away. You know, um, the book of Ecclesiastics, a book that tells life without a without a relationship without Christ it's just empty of knowledge and wisdom you know we've got so much to offer ladies the, the gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke and John tells us of the birth of Jesus his life on earth about baptisms ministry, miracles his death, burial, resurrection and the great commission Matthew 28, 18, 20 you know I want to encourage all of you ladies that if you haven't had a quiet time to just Pick a time, pick a friend, you know, male, female, it doesn't matter. Is there somebody that wants what you want? And you know, the biggest thing that I want to leave you with is, if you don't have a quiet time, and if you haven't read the Bible, how are we going to help people when they ask us about questions that they have? Tell, show me in the Bible where God says this, or what have you. If we don't know... I mean, yes, we can always go to a wiser person and say, can you help me with this? But wouldn't it be great if you could just flip the Bible open and say, go here or go there? So, thank you, ladies.
So, um, I want to um, finish with this one scripture in Psalms uh, 19, verse 7 through 8, and then we're going to do an activity. I love this scripture. It's Psalms 19, 7 through 8. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And that's all I have for right now, and then we'll get into the activity.